This is CPX number 78, Resolution of Sinning No More. We are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X. CPX, page 91 to 93, question and answer, number 60 through 70. God give you his peace, and nomine patri sefiri, spiritu santi, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good. In nomine patri sefiri, spiritu santi, amen. Number 60, in what does a good resolution consist? Answer, a good resolution consists in a determined will not to commit sin for the future and to use all necessary means to avoid it. Number 61, what conditions should a resolution have in order to be good? Answer, a resolution in order to be good should have three principal conditions. It ought to be absolute, universal, and efficacious. Number 62, what is meant by an absolute resolution? Answer, it means that the resolution ought to be without any restrictions of time, place, or person. Number 63, what is meant by a universal resolution? Answer, it means that we should avoid all mortal sins, both those already committed as well as those which we can possibly commit. Number 64, what is meant by an efficacious resolution? Answer, it means that there must be a determined will to lose everything rather than commit another sin, to avoid the dangerous occasions of sin, to stamp out our bad habits, and to discharge the obligations that may have been contracted in consequence of our sins. Number 65. What is meant by a bad habit? Answer. By a bad habit is meant an acquired disposition to fall easily into those sins to which we have become accustomed. Number 66. What must be done to correct bad habits? Answer. To correct bad habits, we must watch over ourselves, pray much, go often to confession, have one good director, and put into practice the counsels and remedies which he gives us. Number 67. What is meant by dangerous occasions of sin? Answer. By dangerous occasions of sin are meant all those circumstances of time, place, person, or things, which of their very nature or because of our frailty lead us to commit sin. Number 68. Are we strictly bound to shun dangerous occasions? Answer. We are strictly bound to shun those dangerous occasions which ordinarily lead us to commit mortal sin and which are called the proximate occasions of sin. Number 69. What should a person do who cannot avoid a certain occasion of sin? Answer. A person who cannot avoid a certain occasion of sin should lay the matter before his confessor and follow his advice. Number 70. What considerations will help us to make a good resolution? Answer. The same considerations help us to make a good resolution as our efficacious and exciting sorrow. That is, a consideration of the motives we have to fear God's justice and to love his infinite goodness. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. So today, let's take a deeper look at number 63 and 64 and 67. 63 again says, What is meant by a universal resolution? Answer, it means that we should avoid all mortal sins, both those already committed, as well as those which we can possibly commit. Now I have to say, isn't it amazing that the Pope says that a resolution after a single mortal sin has to include a resolution against all mortal sins, even those totally unrelated to the one you just confessed? So for example, let's say you confessed, I don't know, destroying someone's reputation. Well, you leave the confessional so horrified at offending God and your neighbor that you decide 
not to commit that sin. But then really what the Pope's saying is you also have to have in your heart a resolution to avoid sins like stealing, even though this has nothing to do with that. I guess you do steal someone's reputation if you speak badly of them. But the point is that you have to have a resolution against all mortal sins and to the best of your ability, a resolution against committing any venial sins. And that is what the Pope means by saying our resolution not to sin has to be one, absolute, and two, universal, and three, efficacious. Now, that doesn't mean you have to rack your brain as soon as you leave the confessional about every possible sin, but it does mean that you're fearful of God's justice and thankful to God for his loving mercy in forgiving your sins that you don't want to sin in any way possible as you leave the confessional. That's why the saintly Pope says that a universal resolution made against any and all sins, quote, which we can possibly commit, end quote, is so important. Again, all of this comes down to love and sorrow before Jesus, just like we said last time. This is about love and sorrow before Jesus, not just a moral theology book of listing every sin. I mean, can you imagine St. Mary Magdalene after being forgiven by Jesus face-to-face in Luke chapter 7? Can you imagine that experience and then leaving that and saying, well, I'm not going to do any more six commandment sins, but I'm going to keep gossiping about people? Of course not. Now look, this doesn't mean you have to be a great theologian to know every sin in all the old-school, casuistic, moral theology books. Listen to the traditional litany of the holy name of Jesus. I'm just going to give you a couple from the traditional litany. It says, From the snares of the devil, deliver us, O Lord. From the spirit of fornication, deliver us, O Lord. From everlasting death, deliver us, O Lord. From the neglect of your inspirations, deliver us, O Lord. Now, let's talk about that last one briefly. Notice that last one. From the neglect of your inspirations, deliver us, O Lord. That shows that Catholics historically were expected to follow inspirations from God all day long. That means the peasants, just as the ones who've studied moral theology. But you didn't have to know traditional moral manuals to pray that, that you want to follow God's inspirations all day as a traditional Catholic. Now, one of the easy keys to this is just listen to your conscience. Of course, that does assume it's already been formed according to apostolic Catholicism. You have to form your conscience according to traditional Catholicism before you think you can follow it infallibly. And even then, we have to be corrected by the magisterium, the traditional magisterium in the Bible at times. I'll give you an example from my own life. Sometimes I'll say a joke I know I shouldn't. And I don't mean something filthy or destroying reputations, just barely a joke I shouldn't say And right before I say it, I rationalize, oh, it's just a little joke, God wouldn't mind, and he wants me to let my hair down and relax, and then I say it, and immediately, I know I shouldn't have said it. I know it was mildly offensive to God. I guess we could say venial sin can be even gravely offensive to God. I know I should have listened to my conscience, not my rationalization. So right there, that's an example of an inspiration I did not follow. Well, if you have a well-formed conscience, Follow it all day because it's usually going to be right. 99% of those cases, it's going to be right. And when you do that, the life of grace eventually becomes co-natural to our human existence. And then resolution to sin isn't so much a matter of reading lots of theology books as much as loving God. This is why we pray, From the neglect of your inspirations, deliver us, O Jesus. But of course, books help too because both build on each other if it's good old school Catholic books. Read the old saints books and try to follow God all day long and you very well might be a saint.
Okay, let's talk about number 64 again. What is meant by an efficacious resolution? He says, it means that there must be a determined will to lose everything rather than commit another sin, to avoid the dangerous occasions of sin, to stamp out our bad habits, and to discharge the obligations that may have been contracted in consequence of our sins. Okay, here's what I'd add to that. You guys remember Matthew 5. Our Lord says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Now, of course, the church is ruled not to take that literally. But Christ, I think if he were alive today, would certainly say that about your smartphone literally. I mean, if your smartphone could cause just one more mortal sin, trash it and get a flip phone. Maybe we could even say better to enter heaven with a flip phone than hell with a smartphone. Now, I know there's men out there that say, oh, but I can't. I'm a working man and my family goes hungry without my smartphone. That's my job. Well, okay. Here's my challenge to the young fathers of families out there. Let's say I offered you a million dollars, which yes, I realize that's not enough for a family man of five or 10 kids to raise your family on the rest of your life. I'm realizing I just said a million, not a billion. But if I offered a young husband and father out there struggling with occasional mortal sins on his phone, let's say I offered him a million dollars to get rid of his cell phone that is causing him occasional mortal sins and turn that in for a flip phone, do you think he would find a way to get a flip phone? Of course he would. 99% of the men out there would take that million, not just a billion, I think they would take even a million, and they would find a way to do their work on a desktop in full view of their family if you were offered a million dollars to get rid of a cell phone just to avoid another mortal sin. So this is the question. You can see what I'm lining you up for. Is avoiding one more mortal sin worth a million bucks? Of course it is. So my point is, it's all really a point of how much you want to stop sinning. Where there's a will, there's a way. So again, listen to what the Pope said. He said, we must have a determined will to lose everything rather than commit another mortal sin. So pray for an increase in your will on these things. We know the right thing. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's why meditation on the pains of hell here is often a good thing to see how much harder hell is going to be than living on earth with a flip phone. Not kidding. People aren't thinking this stuff through. Okay, let's talk about number 65 briefly. What is meant by a bad habit? Answer, by a bad habit is meant an acquired disposition to fall easily into those sins to which we have become accustomed. Let me add a little bit here. So let's say maybe you find that you get drunk at six drinks. So you've decided you're going to limit it to, say, two to five drinks. Well, according to the Pope, this is really no good if you frequently fall into drunkenness. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with drinking some alcohol. But if the mortal sin of getting drunk is frequent in your life, then the Pope is saying there might be a bad habit around this that you have to kick entirely, if that's a bad habit. In short, all bad habits, especially those that lead to sin, need to be dropped. And a bad, and a bad habit, he says, is simply an acquired disposition to fall easily into those sins to which we have become accustomed. It's even more broad than near occasions of sin. It's anything we're doing that greases the rails that brings sin into our life or perhaps really anything not glorifying God. So let's say you try to make a resolution to two drinks and you just can't do that. Well, then you've identified a bad habit. But if you can have a concrete resolution to two drinks a night and you can hold that without leading to other sins, then I don't think you have to necessarily consider that a bad habit. Real quick on 66, he did say you should have one good director. And I realize in the VLX that I put out this week, I said, you really only need a good confessor. 
But notice I was pretty specific on time and place. Probably 130 years ago in Italy, it was a little safer to have a director more than our current modernist crisis that we have now. So again, I am going to double down what I said yesterday. Better just to have a good confessor. And finally, number 67, what is meant by dangerous occasions of sin? Answered by dangerous occasions of sin are meant all those circumstances of time, place, person, or things, which of their very nature or because of our frailty lead us to commit sin. Now, notice how specific the Pope is. This is very beautiful that he doesn't let you just get off the hook by blaming everybody around you. He's clear that some of your sins don't have to do with your circumstances, but your own frailty, often because of past sins. Let's talk about confession in general for a second. You know, confession is not this jacuzzi of psychological therapy. I think a better analogy is one of two things. Either one, a surgery for the soul, or two, a court of law. Honestly, it's probably like both of those. Let's talk about the court of law. Can you imagine lying under oath in a court of law? I know none of you would do that, but remember, when you, act, when you make an act of contrition, you're basically saying before God and all the saints and all of heaven and all the angels and the priests that you're not just going to avoid that sin that you just confessed or whatever sins you just confessed, but also, according to the Pope, this is him, not me, also every avoidable situation or device that increases temptation. Now, notice I said every avoidable situation. Of course, even if you live as a hermit in a cave, there's going to be temptations. There's going to be temptations on earth, I think St. Francis de Sales says, until 15 minutes after we're dead. So you're not expected to avoid all temptations, but you can avoid avoidable temptations, if that makes sense. I know there was some repetition of words there, but the point is we're called to divert ourselves from every avoidable situation that might lead us to sin again, especially after we make that act of contrition. Now, people always think of Sixth and Ninth Commandment sins, but again, I mentioned gossip earlier. That might be avoiding people with whom you fall into gossip a lot. And these are things we can all do easily with God's grace. We can avoid the dangerous and near occasions of sin if we cooperate with grace, but it usually takes concrete resolutions, not just a good heart. Please say an hour, Father, for me, that I may practice what I preach. Et benedictio Dei omnipotentis, Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti, descendit super vos, et maniat semper. Amen.